Coming in high from Los Angeles, California, this is your new favorite guilty pleasure. The podcast that's made to feel like a late night conversation. So if you don't mind, we're going to get into some things. <laughs> this is No Lies with Jamer Lilly and Blake Steven. And over the course of the next hour, we're going to get to know each other a little bit better. So pour yourself a drink, grab your coffee, get a little weed, whatever you need. And we're going to share some stories about who we are and where we came from. This is No Lies. This is a conversation of two very opposite people yeah. with common ground. But I think one of the things we love to do is get high and have interesting conversations you about are not wrong. some deep shit, you know? So yep, yep. No Lies was, I, I think, kind of the appropriate title for this show. Yeah. What, what was the moment where that title, where did that title come from? Did I say that one? I said yeah, that no, one night. We right? were in the car, I think. I think we had just gotten to my house. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, we should do a podcast or something like that. Like, we were just kind of like dicking around. And I was like, what do we call it? And you're like, no lies. And I was like, oh, fuck. Instant, Instantly, yes. I was like, absolutely. That kind of like sums up our relationship. It's like. Yeah, that's true. We have never been shy to back down from a real question. Oh, yeah, 100%. We've been very yeah. open, honest. No, yeah, no. We talked about some real shit. Yeah. So I think for this first episode, there is let, – let's be real. No one's ever heard you speak ever. That is true, yeah. Right. You're like the cute boy from the UK, Harry Potter-looking vibes. And he's like, we don't know what he sounds like. We know he does music. Yeah. I um, He has I, a personality, everyone. I swear oh to God. God, I know. <laughs> I, I feel like I've had social media for a while now, and I, I'm very unsocial on social media. I'm very – I don't mm-hmm. – I, I use it as a as a thing. I don't right. talk about it. I post boomerangs when I'm in a car just to get people guessing where I'm going. Yeah. Like, just to make right. like a... Oh, we know. We see the same Uber post every single yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going somewhere, guys. I'm meetings, going. Meetings. <laughs> meetings. Always meetings. All times. Always. Um, right. But, um... Okay. Yeah. No, you were... This is the interesting thing about when I met when I first met Blake. Actually, I met you first at your, uh, your birthday at One Oak. But the interesting thing, yeah. the like, as I've lived in L.A., you meet certain people and then you kind of, like, do your digging to find out, like, you know, who, who are they really? What is their what is their brand? Yeah, yeah. Blake Steven is the first person I've ever met in real life that is, like, the Tumblr guy. Like, you are yeah, that the was... Tumblr boy, the, like, cute classic Tumblr boy that you don't really think is real, but he's kind of, like, like almost like the MySpace world. You're like, oh, those, like, boy photos that would float around. yeah. Yeah, like are they real? You don't know anything about them, for sure. Um, How did that even start? So, I must have been. So I'm from I'm from the UK. So I would have been in the UK, in London at this time. I was 16, and I just I just found out about Tumblr as a platform. Like I okay. I had like other social networks. Like in the UK, there was one called Bebo that was kind of big. My profile got big on this like random social network Bebo. called Bebo. It was like very much like 14 to 16 year olds. You'd post um, photo. So it was like Facebook, but on a single page. Wasn't you can post that, photos and stuff. Didn't that start off as like, it was like an all black MySpace. And then it went to like cartoon animations. Even oh, it went, it went like to cartoon animations hella quick. Because I remember yeah. someone was like, oh, are you on Bebo? And I was like, wasn't that like an old like black MySpace thing? I mm. don't. Yeah. And then. They died. Yeah, it. Um, I didn't know anyone was actually on it, that thing. Yeah, it must. It, it was dying off when I was sixteen, and so, I, I was like a, I was in a weird spot as a child. 
This is what year, though? 16 would be 2008. So it's 11 years ago. Jesus Christ. Holy wild saying that. So this would have been post-MySpace for you? Post-MySpace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, MySpace Were was you just, a MySpace person? No. Yeah, I had a MySpace account. I put like songs and stuff up there. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I was horrendous, horrendous songs. Um, had my top eight and all that. Wasn't that a thing on MySpace? Like a top oh, eight? Oh, yeah, no. There was a couple of friends that I was like, who is this bitch? <laughs> <laughs> when the order slightly changes, you know they had to go right. in and do that. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Tumblr. I started, I put a f- one picture of myself on Tumblr. I was very self conscious. That's it? Yeah, I put one photo on. That was like how it started. Uh-huh. And that photo got like. 5,000 notes, like notes for like re-blog, right. re-blogs, whatever those things were. Um, and then I kept doing it every single day and it was giving me this like weird gratification. And then I put, right. then, then it started with GIFs. GIFs became the big thing. Right. And so if you look up, if you actually look up Blake Steven GIFs on Google, it's a thing. you will find, oh my God. yeah, you're going to do that right oh, now. Of course I'm going to do that right now. I am both terrified. Honestly, though, if you yeah. go like, uh, Blake Steven Tumblr. It's a thing. Like, and when I say it's a thing, like, there are legit fan blogs. I have cartoons, like cartoons oh that be made so of me fascinating. in certain horrifying different situations. Oh, horrifying! What's the most horrific? I've been like, I've been killed in some. <gasps> I've been really like, it's there's been like, it's like Japanese art. Oh, that's some, some of them were like Japanese kind of style art, very I'm explicit. Find some of that shit. Um, if some of the fans are listening, um, can you please do the at Jamie Lily on Instagram? <laughs> Oh my god, no, everyone that's listening right now, you need to go Google Blake Steven GIF. Very fascinating. You look very young in these photos. I was. I was 16, 17. Wow, you look younger than that, but okay. Bruh. I You look like twelve in this Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. I mean if you just He's a baby. I mean my eyes hadn't seen the world back then. I was like a a fresh fruit on the internet uh-huh. back then. And it so took it, off. It, I'm assuming it was just a continuation of just selfies. That's, yeah, that's all it was. Did you say anything? Did you have a voice? Didn't have a voice. Did nothing. So you were, yeah, 100% the Tumblr guy who just didn't talk. Yeah. Um, 100% that was me, actually. That was like How my. Let's go on. Oh. So 16 it started. 16, probably until I was like 18, 19. Okay. It's so like two, three years. Yeah. Of just, of just. I mean, I had not much going. Time. I had not much going on in my real life, but my online life was like pretty lit. I was on, you right. know, like at one point I was up at like seventy five thousand Tumblr followers, wow, which meant something back then. No, yeah, that that was before the influencer was a I yeah. So um, that number has sadly dwindled dwindled down to about forty k. So the, to the thirty five thousand that have followed me, it's it's because he took all of his porn off the site. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> lost thirty thousand followers in December. Like, no more dick pics. Goodbye. <laughs> Well, let's talk about being opposite here for a second. So we kind of yeah. like lay the playing field of, so that you guys understand who exactly we are. And r- really, I think the interesting dynamic of this relationship, yeah. if you will. So um, I grew up in America. Uh, he grew up in the UK. Yes. So clearly a um, big difference there. Yep. Um, you grew up in a very non-religious home. Um, yeah, non-religious. Was never brought up. Never went to church on Sundays. Wasn't never. even like no one in your family. No, I, th- I mean, it, it was like a, a very personal, private thing. Like, no, it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, my, I think my, I think my, both my parents were like Protestant like Christians, I believe. Um, Interesting. Um, but yeah, never did, never did anything. As, um, as opposed to you. Did you ever drink in high school at all? 
yeah. Okay, we'll get into that. <laughs> um, and then for me, I grew up in half of my life. Like the first sixteen years of my life was California, and then I was born in Louisiana. But so then we moved back to Louisiana when I was sixteen, and then at twenty-two, I was like, God, get me out of here. Yeah. Um. So I was raised in a pastor's home, very religious. I'm actually the only generation that is not in church. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I'm actually the only one in the family that's... Um, there's a few cousins that are like in... But they all like attend church. They're all very, very, very active. That's what, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. And then um, uh, Blake is a heterosexual and I am a homo. <laughs> <laughs> 100% accurate. Um, yep. Yeah, so I think in a lot of ways we are just like... And we're very much opposite of each other. And so it basically creates these interesting dialogues where we're kind of looking at the same mountain from, like, totally different angles. Yes, yes. We are interpreting art from two different perspectives, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, let's... So it's been interesting to hear all of this. What was it like growing up in the UK? Um, or let's, let's, let's start before... Yeah. The Tumblr thing happened. Who was Blake Steven? Let's say like I, six years old. I, I didn't really have oh, six years old. Um, ooh. What was your family life? So at six years old, I would have had my mom and dad just divorced at six. Oh, wow. Okay. okay yes. Okay. So. Um, Do you remember much before six? No, not really. I have okay. I have a few memories here and there, but um, nothing <clears throat> concrete. I feel like there may not even be memories, but I just heard a story and I, I pictured it myself. I have no real memory. Yeah, so me at six years old was this like little kid who played three instruments and tried to find solace from like at that. Six stuff. years old. Yes. What instruments did you play? Piano, drums, and like I was horrendous at the guitar. Like I, I that's pretty impressive though for a six year old. Yeah, but I'm not trying to say I was great. I, I was, I was trying. Yes, I don't yes. expect you to be Travis Barker at six years old, for God's sake. <laughs> it wasn't like Elton John on the keys, all right? I wasn't Travis Barker good, bro, but like I was trying. I could keep time, you know? Right, um, okay. FYI, my dad played like professional soccer. Mm-hmm. So that kind of home environment was... He was did he play with David Beckham? My Oh, interestingly, he did not. But my dad and David Beckham are the only two... Uh, European soccer players to win th- three leagues in three different countries. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. So. Touche. Touche. Touche to my dad. Congratulations. Right, right. So so childhood, in a sense, wasn't that normal. Um, it was like affluent. Was, how how did the, like, did the divorce hit hard? I, I was too, oh, God, yeah, I remember why. There were, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's... I remember what I th- I could tell you what I thought at the time uh-huh. and what my I, the actual truth was of it. Oh, interesting. So at the time I was too young. Like they were just arguing all the time, and then it kind of just happened. I actually remember sitting on the stairs during the big argument, mm-hmm. and my two sisters were crying, and there was a big fight going downstairs, and I was just like, I had no emotion about it. Like I didn't recognize what was going on at all. Um, so I just thought they just separated and whatever, and it was mm-hmm. it is what it, it was what it was. But it ended up being like. My dad had, like, cheated on my mom and, like, multiple times, like, big sort of shit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was what I found out later. Mm-hmm. But at, like, six years old, I was, like, this little kid who played sport and music. Wow. No, But, again, no religion, no – nothing like that. Were you more of an introvert or an extrovert? At that point, extreme extrovert. I had yeah. a lot of friends, like, this doing is, a lot of things. Okay. Yeah. And this would – well, what do you – you guys call it something different, though, when 
your here we call like elementary school. Is it the same? Now? Yeah, like primary school. Primary school. Okay. Yeah. And primary is how many number of ages? I mean grades. That it's six. Okay. It's six, and then you go into like a senior school or you're like a high school above that, and then that's. Uh, we have like junior high, and that's like seven and eight. And yeah, we don't. We have junior high. It's so kind of like from primary to primary senior. to senior almost. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And that's six years too. That's like so. It's like eight and like six. Oh, okay. Or so seven and six. Count like junior yeah. high and high school the same thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this would have been late primary school then. No, or, or uh, no, six years old is like middle of primary school. Yeah. Okay. So, I was an extreme extra. I'd be out all day every day, doing all different things. Like being out of the, I never wanted to be inside the house. Uh-huh. What about you? Like, what was your kind of upbringing? <sighs> I got six years old. Where were you? Um, I may have actually been in Louisiana for like a year. Right. <clears throat> we did. I, it was pre, it was preschool, I think, um, or pre kindergarten. Yeah, I was thinking it was preschool, pre kindergarten, and we did that in Louisiana. Then we moved out to a uh, small town in the middle of nowhere, California. It was called uh, Middletown, California. And at the time... The name was Middletown, was California? Middletown, California. And Amazing. I swear to God, this is not a lie. <clears throat> at that time, you couldn't find it on some maps. Like, it was, there was, like, no popular... There was literally no one that lived there. Right. When we had lived there, there wasn't even a thousand people in the town. Um, and I... We had moved there to tip. My parents were taking over a church there. I thought God had cursed us. I literally was like, <laughs> this is a mistake, fam. Like, yeah. we talk about this. Yeah. Um, there, we, we were 30 minutes, 30, 45 minutes to the nearest, like, McDonald's or a Walmart. Okay? Right, okay. Middle of nowhere. Yeah. And I was going to a small Bible school, and I don't really remember being that extroverted. Um, because I think I was just trying to comprehend everything that was going on at the time. and But, like, when it came to, like, church and, like, church world, youth group, kids, kid, like, all that kind of stuff, I was very, like, I kind of owned it. I kind of felt like I had to own it. Right, um, okay. Being the pastor's kid. So, oh, of course, yes. Of so, course. in a lot of ways, growing, like, that was kind of, I call it, like, the beginning of the glass house. Like, a celebrity syndrome, in a sense. Yeah. Where you learn that it was at that, around that age that I began to realize... I that you have to perform for people like when you are a pastor's kid like you are so much in the limelight everyone's watching everything you you do in the church like if you do anything wrong you're gonna hear about it you have to be like the best of the best oh my god right fucking exhausting so that was like a big that was the beginning I think of a lot of I was also blonde at six years old I actually oh me too until I was six and then I went dark that's same same for me I was 100% blonde I was yeah I I was was a blonde kid Kind of wish that would have still been a thing, but uh, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, we then we moved. I went to, I think total I've gone to about nine different schools growing up. Wow. I hopped a lot. Um, so I think that was also, in a lot of ways, it was hard for me to make friends because relationships never lasted. And I, I get fuck, I never really think, thought about that until just now. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, really up all the way through high school. What was the longest? Every single year I went to a different school. Some years when I was really, really young, it was up to two different schools. What was the longest? Mm -hmm. Well, what school did you spend the most time at? Was there a school that you Uh, spent? Probably in Louisiana. That was two years. That's it. Which isn't much anyway. Right. Um, That was when I was, 
We then moved. We were in like Middletown, California, which is right outside of Napa Valley. So the area was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the cleanest air I've ever breathed in my life. Like it's beautiful up in like Napa if yeah. you're ever up in that vibe. Yes. Um, and then we moved to right outside of Sacramento in this like country town called Lincoln, California. And same thing. My parents were going to take over another church. And we, Wait, is that is that's a that's a thing you just take over churches like you just who who decides who decides that I don't get that entire so we were a part of this denomination that was called the Simples of God right so I guess the easiest way to like wrap your brain around it's like it's like Catholics like Catholics all the different like denominations they have like a a union if you will of churches for sure and then it's it's kind of like a fucking franchise to be honest like it's. They got to take care of all their locations and their McDonald's. And so if, you know, someone's struggling, they're like, oh, we got to go put a McDonald's in that city. And that's kind of how it is. It's like, oh, we want to go plant. The Assemblies of God at the time was like, we want to plant a church in this little emerging town called Lincoln. And at the time, it was the fastest growing city in America. Right. So the timing was perfect. Yeah. So like, we want to go send a church over there. And so my parents, uh, we ended up relocating. And then that would have been around sixth grade. I actually skipped sixth grade. So... You skipped it. How come? I know. Surprisingly, even though like my book intelligence is not that much now, I was like a 4.0 student until sixth grade. Wow. That was when everything went downhill. And then How old is sixth grade? Sixth grade would have been, uh, oh God. I would have been around 12 in eighth grade. So yeah, around like 10-ish, I think. Right. Okay. Um, and my grades were so good at the time that they were like, hey, like we, we should just bump him up. Because my mom was like, oh, I'll do homeschooling. That was what screwed me over. Because I skipped sixth grade and went straight into homeschooling. And, like, God bless my mother. But she was not born to be a teacher. Right? Absolutely <laughs> not. And the funny thing about this was is so all of my curriculum was obviously, like, Christian, Bible-based and stuff like this. And so when I was homeschooling, we had this, like, program. Um, I don't remember what it was called. But, like, I would do, like, my science, math, and everything on the computer. Okay. Well, my dad's password, okay, it's, so like, you know, to, like, to get all the answers for these tests. His fucking password was church. <laughs> Church. I was like, oh. Um, it doesn't fall far right, from the tree. You know, yeah. as a six, as a 10 year old, it really wasn't hard to figure that one out. I was like, yeah. What are the three top words that my dad would use for a password? Oh, church. Boom. Got on the first time. That's amazing. So my parents were always excited. It's like, oh my God, my kid's so smart. Like, he's just getting straight A's. Oh my God, he got 104 on this exam. And as a kid, I'm just like, are these people really just fucking stupid? Like, that's amazing. You as your child, like your child is not smart enough to get 110 on a bio, like a sign. <laughs> no, that's not, that's not my thing, bro. The numbers aren't adding up right. here. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. then I went to, I was in Christian school all the way up to seventh grade. And then I went to my first public school when I was in eighth grade. What, what, what is a Christian school like here? Very. Um, as opposed to a public school, what are, the, what's the, what are the differences between them? So there's like, there's two different kinds. There's like a true Christian school and like everything you learn is going to be Bible-based. So whether that's like creation. From itself, science to every, everything, yeah, yeah, yes. Whatever. Okay, yeah. Even in like history, you're going to focus more like on the religious, you know, yes. narrative of the whole thing. Um, and then in like a private school, like certain parts of the country in America – you have to go to a private school. Like in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, you had to. Okay. And the only reason you had to is because like the public school system is just so bad. Um, education wow. system, everything. So like you're really – and this crazy thing about it is like those schools over there, like we're jumping way ahead. But some of those schools can go up to like twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 a year for a high school, private school. Um, it's crazy. Wow. So yeah. Yeah. I went to – that was when I made the transition – when I was in eighth grade, I went to a public school for the first time, and that was like everything was downhill from there. Hmm. It was that was actually how I discovered what being gay even was. 
Because you went to the public school? Yeah, yeah. So I remember, like, I remember when I was, when I was, like, 12 years old. Yeah. I started, like, that was when I discovered what the internet was. And, like, you know, I started looking at porn and just, like, curiosity stuff. Like, whatever. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm attracted to guys. And I didn't even know what that was. Okay? I just, like, you know. What did that attraction mean to you at that time? I just remember looking at, like, Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears back in the day and being like, I am not aroused by that, but I want to be that. Like, it was interesting. Like, it was That's like interesting. Yes. Like, yeah. I want to do what that bitch is doing. So then when I saw, like, a guy the first time, I was like, oh, this is interesting. I was just kind of like, why am I, like, interested in this? I, I'm not even going to say I was sexually in. I was just kind of interested. I didn't know anything about yeah. that stuff. Then when I went to public school, they were like, oh, they're like, are you gay? I was like, what is that? Hmm. And I didn't know about anything sexually. Like, I didn't even know what the word boner meant. Like, because I was right. so sheltered. Okay. So sheltered. Yeah. So I go to eighth grade, and they're like, I'm like, oh, my God, do you know what a blowjob is? Do you know what like, a boner is? All these things. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I, what are you talking about? Like, Those are just like, random words. UK. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck does that even yeah. mean? So there was – that was, like, a very traumatic experience going from, like, the very conservative, sheltered – christian church world and then to public school in california yes um and then from there i went to it was that was glenn edwards in lincoln and then i went to a freshman school for high school in lincoln and then i ditched the whole fucking year i was like i went i'm not trying to be like oh god i'm like i was bullied and shit i really was like i was yeah i was bullied, yeah. but at the same time like i still kind of looked around and like had that cocky attitude of like yeah, but y'all are trash. Like, it, it was a very weird thing, but it was, like, yes, very yeah. hard for me to go through those years because I was like, I am not – I don't connect with any of these people. Right. Like, nothing. Did you have friends at all? I did, for sure. I was always – because girls were so easy to me. Like, I was right. all the hot girls. Right. So no one okay. knew what to do with me because they were like, oh, like, whatever. And then when I went to – when I was in freshman year, um, I was uh, – I always was kind of on, like, just like the circle of the popular kids, you know? I was kind of always off to the side with, like, I don't want to say, they weren't the rejects, but they were just kind of like the misfits. The people that would just kind of, like, poke fun at the bigger circle and, like, just kind of mm-hmm. cause shit, but, like, everyone was, like, everyone loved them. Yeah. That was kind of, like, the category I was off into. Hmm. We kind of just kept yeah. ourselves in I was, our thing. By that I don't know point, how to define our group. That's what yeah, I'm saying. I was... I was not in the, I was not in the popular circle, but I was like the moon orbiting around Earth. Like I kind of knew people. I kind of, I, I was great example. Yeah, yes. like I didn't, I wasn't in, in the popular people. They everyone knew me. Everyone yes. So I was in this 100%. weird space between no one knows you, but you have like all these group of friends, and you're all popular and you're all friends with each other. And I was like in this vacuum in the middle. Fair. Okay. That's how I would describe. How- how was junior high for you? Because usually people just fucking hate you. Junior high is how it is how old for you? Uh, that'd be like a ten to twelve. Um, so on, on a number scale, that would be like six, seven, and eight grade. Okay. Do you know, like when you're when you're young and you, your parents are friends with other parents, so you have to hang out uh-huh. with the kids. Like it doesn't matter if you're not friends. Like you just have to hang out with the kids because the parents get on and they right, you know, right. one of those things. Like, oh, we're going to have wine night and get a little drink yeah. together. And I'm like, I don't like this person, but okay, we'll do it. Right. So I, but, <laughs> uh, you know, take one for the team. Yeah, no, um, I'm growing up, I get it. So. I hate these goddamn church kids. Yeah. 
Um, so that's I, so I built up this group of friends that I had, but they weren't friends because I wanted to be friends with them. They were friends because our parents hung out and we got to know each other eventually. Hmm. And then my real friends were like the misfit kind of kids, like the nerds, like mm-hmm. like the quote unquote nerds in school. Um, I, those are my real friends. But I had this group of other friends. That's why I was always floating around. What was the 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 topic of interest in differences between these two groups? So the parents, friends. Parents, what friends, were these kids like? Parents, friends. Um, it was all, we were always talking. It was either girls or like sport. So very jockey. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, bear in mind, we're like ten years old here. Like the, right. the girl conversations are not like they're nothing. You're fucking ten. Yeah, you're ten years old. And the conversation with the other group were just like real, like life things. Like you talk about your actual life, what's going on. Like we should go do something. Let's go and like go to the movies. Like go play whatever. Whatever you're doing at ten. Um, those were like real actionable conversations. Um, and the other one was like filling space almost, filling a time. Mm. You know, like I, I have five conversation topics we can get through here and it, it will take us like 30 minutes and then we're out. With the other friends, it was very much like an actual real conversation. Right. Yeah. Doing life. Do, like, like like real friends. Right. Just like regular real friends. Um, Did your parents ever embrace those friends or were they always kind of like, this is my circle that no one really knows about? What's interesting is the friends of my parents were all wealthy. Like it was that like kind of a circle. Uh, like that, which is not I mean, nothing wrong with that, but that's just the circle they were in. Um, and the other friends were just like the opposite. Like their families were like, we're going to private school, but their families bring a lot of money, like a lot of percentage of the money to go to that private school. And so my my real friends were in that from that kind of like not as not wealthy, not going to like dinners all the time, not playing sport. Uh, what was it that? Drew, like drew you to that to me this is a line that not that doesn't get crossed a lot like mm-hmm. when you're, you're like in an affluent family yeah with money usually when you're dealing with like let's call them rich kids or affluent kids or whatever mm-hmm. those circles usually just stick together yeah for class reasons yeah okay totally understandable very seldomly do you see to me that crossover at a, at that kind of age happens so I'm kind of curious like what was the allure or the interest in this well, other group of kids that was not a part of this community in a sense I had a friend called Ian in high school mm-hmm. um, who would be like my best friend for like a four year period um, that started at wood grade I mean we were from nursery in the same school so like I'd known him we probably became friends friends when I was like nine like okay. eight or nine, yeah. Like, so, but I'd know, but but I'd known him since I was four. Like we'd been in the same school. Okay. We actually met playing soccer, playing football. Okay. For this, for like, we played for like a Sunday league team, which is like little kids they play each other's, yeah. you know, whatever. So we met there, or became friends there. I didn't know the way that his life had been led. Like anyone, everyone I'd met had always like ne- there was never a struggle. There was never anything. It was like everything was a great time all the time. Right. Um, very surface level to a degree. What was the draw to this other group of kids? The, the draw was just a, the, like a different life. Was Ian more middle, lower class? Like where did he? Like mi- I'd say middle. Okay. Like like lower lower middle. I would say. So yeah. was this kind of like the first relationship that? It didn't. It sounds a bad way to put it. But like was it like a limited thing? You're just like this guy feels different. 
it, like the only reason we were friends is because we liked each other, mm-hmm. as opposed to being friends because our parents are friends. Right. So it, it was like a a relationship that was natural. It wasn't forced. It wasn't. And then from that point on, I became friends with his friends, mm-hmm. and suddenly like I had a whole group of friends out with of my normal circle. And that's kind of put me in this. It put me in the weird spot of being between two friend groups. Okay. Yeah. And this continued on through. Oh, it was. It was all. It was the same way. Or secondary school. Yeah, secondary school. Yeah. It was kind of all the way t- to me leaving. I was always like in. I was always between. So you had the same group of friends essentially most of your upbringing. Yeah. Wow. Entirely. And then, yeah, I don't know how I de- I don't know how I dealt with those friendships because I don't talk to anybody I went to school with. Oh yeah, no, totally. Honestly, I think one of the there's two people, two or three people that I talked to from those years. But Allie, you know my friend Allie, mm-hmm. um, she's actually the oldest friend that I've had. I've I've known her since uh, seventh grade, sixth seventh grade, yeah, eh, yeah, it would be like seventh or eighth grade, and. That's really my only concept of, like, a long-term relationship. Everyone else has been, like, I don't want to talk to anyone from high school. Yeah. But, like, which high school are you even talking about? You change so often. O- only Louis. Well, really only Louisiana. Yeah. Um, yeah. When, when I moved from California to Louisiana, there's actually a very, there's a very dramatic story that I just always kind of ignored around that time. Um, Are you going to open up today for the pod? I haven't, I haven't talked about this in a while. So he just he just uh, sat up a lot straighter than he previously was, <laughs> just to make sure everyone's aware of what's happening right now. Um, I will tell it from the perspective of when I was in that moment at sixteen. Yes, that's a better way of doing it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because obviously, I have evolved from my viewpoints on how I see it now. So when I was uh, I was skipping school in fresh my freshman year. Like I hated it. Mm-hmm. Never was there. Yeah. My mother found out at the end of the year. I ditched. I think I. It was something like two hundred and thirty classes I had missed that whole year. My mother Jesus. was pissed. Oh, I the bet. The reason I bet. that I had it covered was because there was this girl. I think her name was Stephanie. She was like the hot girl in school, whatever. She loved me, and she was an office TA, so she would like sign my like. Uh, you know, sick notes or whatever. Yeah. So my mother found out at the end of the year, they, they sent me to this private school in the middle of fucking nowhere, like in the woods, like literally my dad, when he dropped me off, like it was a punishment. Oh, like when my dad dropped me off the first day, he was like, just so you know, if you ever ditch class, you're going to eat, you're going to get eaten by a mountain lion. It was in the middle of the woods, like literally middle of the woods. Amazing line. And this place used to be a like witch coven, Native American. The vibe. vibes, the okay. vibes of this place are dark, weird, incredible, eerie vibes yeah, at yeah. the school. Okay. And it was, and when I say it was a what, Christian private school, like everyone there was a pastor's kid. So like me coming, but like a bad pastor's kid, like goody wow. two shoes moral. Oh, so you were the only one who's been. So it wasn't yes. like a common thing people to be sent like, to this place. The, the, the badass kids at the time, like the stuff that they would do was mild. Okay, and I say mild because like when I went to Louisiana my junior year, I was like, holy hell. These, this is another level. So I was in going to school in the middle of nowhere, 
And the beginning of the year, I had gotten this phone call. And it was my friend. We called her Barbie. Her name was Miranda. And she was signed to this casting agency at the time. She goes, hey, I think you should really go into like acting. You're like a Disney Channel kind of kid. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know about all that. So I you know, got a call from her like casting people. I went in to do an audition. I just bombed it. Like horribly beautiful bombed. beautiful like you just walk in there you're like yeah that's not going anywhere fam yeah. <laughs> that career just died so sure enough like you know never get a call back forget about it move on and it, this would have been this would have been around april okay so like five-ish months later get, get this random call i'm sitting with ali um this girl ali caitlin um, Shout out to Allie. Yeah, yeah, I love Allie. Allie and Caitlin. And Brooke. We were all sitting there, like, at lunchtime. I get this phone call, and it's this casting girl. She goes, hey, I found your name and your headshot, blah, blah, blah. Love, forget, love to get you to come in and for an audition. And I'm like, what? Shocking news based upon the horrendous yeah, audition. Like, yeah. Um, this is a joke, because I don't even remember giving them a file or anything. So I was like, this is, this is kind of weird. So long story short, I show up. I killed it because I just didn't give a fuck. I think that was honestly why. And I did my thing. What was I, it? What was it for? What was it? Do you, do you they, remember? I, I went in there. I was on camera. I was reading lines. Like it was like a Pepsi commercial or something like that. Like just testing. Right. Okay. And then they made me do something else. But I remember what it was. And so I did the audition. And I like I literally left being like, well, I'm not gonna get a phone call back because that was just my mentality from the first time. And sure enough, they call me back a couple days later and they're like, hey, we really, really want you to come back in. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. This is like May around this time because I knew I – because we were talking as a family about moving to Louisiana. Mind you, at this time, my grandfather – my the whole point of us moving to Louisiana was because my dad was going to take over my grandfather's church. Okay, My grandfather had just come into town around this time Mm -hmm. and it was like one of the most traumatic experiences in my life because I don't remember what provoked it to be honest. Really, honestly, nothing provoked it because it was just bad. We were all sitting in my living room, and I don't know what was going on. My grandfather was scre- – I remember just sitting there, like, quietly, like, listening to the conversation. He just turns on me. He's like, you're the reason for everything wrong in this family and blah, blah, blah. And said just all this dark shit. To you? Me. And how old were you at this time? Uh, 15. 14, 15 years wow. old. Wow. Okay. And I'm, like, sitting there, like, taking this beating in front of my whole family. Yes, I absolutely. I did nothing wrong. Like, I'm not joking. Like, you ask anyone in my family, I did nothing to provoke this. It was just like this weird lash out of nowhere. So much so that my grandmother on my mom's side, who's now dead, rest in peace, she was livid, livid. We used to like watch American Idol together back in the day. And so I remember going over her house one day, we watched American Idol, and she was like, I can't stand that man. Don't listen to anything he said. And she was the only woman, she was the only person in the family around that time that stuck up for me. So I had this mentality around this time because this is the framework that I'm like, I don't want to go to Louisiana. Yeah. Like, yeah. fuck no. Like, this guy, I don't know my grandfather at the time. We weren't close. And then he's going to lash out and say all these things out of nowhere. Like, I don't, I don't want to move. I don't want to move to Louisiana. Like, I'm chilling in California. I had, like, I had the life I was trying to build. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I get this phone call. And so they bring, I go back into this meeting and they're like, um, this was truly, I swear to God, the comment they made to me. They're like, we have not seen someone this good do an audition since Josh Jamal, who at that time was on Las Vegas, like this TV that, show. You need to get that printed on a T-shirt. I was like – and so I'd, I knew who he was because of this old movie called Win a Day with Tad Hamilton. Oh, that was my shit back in the day. Um, 
And so I'm in this thing and they're like, look, here's the deal. We we want to invest a ton of time, you know, in training into you or whatever to get you up to par. There was something at the time in California where um, you couldn't be on a runway unless you were 16 years old, I think yeah. it was. And yeah. since I was six foot, they were like, oh, okay, he's great for runway. So they're like, look, this is what's going to happen. We have like Cameron Diaz's agent coming into the office in two and a half weeks. We want to like get you like running, training, physical, and then doing um, acting and then runway modeling classes, like everything you know, the next two and a half weeks, just hardcore. Mm-hmm. So that when she comes, you're ready and just prime. I mean, they were like, here's the keys of the kingdom. We got this thing. And the only thing they had asked for, they were like, we need a six month, uh, uh, basically like a six month agreement that we own you for six months to like train you, get you ready. And then you can do whatever you want. Yes. And I remember sitting there and I was like, I can't go. I can't do, I can't agree to six months because my family was leaving to go to, uh, Louisiana in less than a month. We were moving at the beginning of June. That is terrible. And I was like, oh my God. I literally was just like, of course God's going to like take this dream from me. Blah, 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 blah. Do you look, do you look back on that now as a major what if moment for you? Like, do you, oh, for sure. Where do you, where would you see yourself now if that moment had, at that, okay, had now happened? is a different story. At that time, mm-hmm. I truly felt like God was trying to keep me from being a homo. I literally was like, this is this. I can't do this because I'm gay. That was literally like my hmm. form. Like at that time, I was like, God is punishing me because I can't be gay. So I have to live with this shit. Was this was this the first thing that you thought he was punishing you? Like what? this was the first because this was the first thing that meant something to me. Right. Because at that time, like growing up, I was heavily involved with dance. Well, I'm not having, I used to just love dancing growing up, but my mother would never let me do it because she was like. He's going to turn out gay if he does dance, which was just retarded because I was, like, really good at it when I was a kid. Yeah. did, like, contemporary. I was a huge fan, like, Mia Michaels and, like, Wade Robinson back in the day. So this entertainment, this entertainment thing was just like, oh, my God, this is my shot to, like, you know, go live my, like, get yeah. fantasy star thing. Yeah. Things probably would have turned out a little differently, though. I probably would have been way more flamer than I am now. Okay. So maybe it's a good thing it didn't happen. So, Always look for the positives right, in every situation. Yeah. So we moved. Then that. So that I had to turn that deal down. Then my the end of my sophomore year, I had this huge blowout with the school. Ended up getting expelled. My mom negotiated because she was a college professor. I think. Did you tell me the story? Yeah. It was when yeah, I called yeah. the teacher a sexist. Yes. He was. And my mom was a college professor, and the principal was just an asshole. Like he just was. And so my mom like blew up on him, was just like, let's get out of here. You're, you're done for the, this is like a week and a half before the whole school was over. Okay. Like done for yeah. the summer. So my mom had convinced him, you're not going to expel my son, but you're going to give me all the curriculum. And since I'm a college professor, like I'm going to finish him out at home, like on homeschooling kind of thing. So she, they're like, okay, we'll okay. do this. Yep. Yep. So then we moved to Louisiana and that was, that would have been between my sophomore and junior year. So I was turning 16 that summer. Right. Right. That's a difficult time to go to Louisiana being like 16 years yeah, old. What time do you what what age do you get your license in the UK? 16. Oh, okay, so same? Yeah. And you get like a permit when you're 15? What was that time like for you? It was a timing where you think um it's your first glimmer of adulthood. Freedom. Yeah. I mean, I had nowhere to drive, but like I could drive, I guess. I think for everybody who learns it, like learns to drive, it's the first time you actually have a bit of 
responsibility. Hmm. Like, when you're 15, 16 years old, you don't really have that much responsibility. You're not paying bills. Nothing like you're, to do. Like, what are you doing? Like you, what are you stressing about? That, playing in a parking garage. Yeah, yeah. Did you get in trouble when you were, like, early high school, those years? Um, no, I, I was... What was, like, your naughty... I remember trying to escape from school one time. You ever did class? Oh, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. Um, I actually did that. I did that a lot to the point where I was probably putting my um, academic future at the school in jeopardy. Like, I would just check out. Do you guys have a GPA? No, no. Okay, damn. I was a, I was a okay. good student. I was, like, straight A's most years, up until I was, like, 17, and I... Oh, no, my high school for me, like, I graduated with a 2.019 on the dog. What does that mean? That's the bare minimum. Like, wow. Like even, That's, like, C's? All C's? Um, yeah. It's basically C average. I just didn't care. Yeah. I was like, this is this is retarded. Yeah. I feel like at 17, I was like, I don't need any of this. The things that I did well in were the things I cared about. Like, either, like, journalism or, like, yearbook or, like, things that were, I was, like, art, class. Like, all of those. I was like, yeah. Hey, 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 hey. In English, yeah. I was I loved writing. I hated reading, though. My best subjects were um, English, history, and yeah, re- yeah, we just English and history. Like those two things that got me the fuck off. I loved it. I loved writing. I loved reading. Mm. I loved um, actually no drama. There you go. Oh yeah, drama, drama class. Mm. Oh man, sure. I put on some of the the sickest productions. Like you had to like write your own thing, write your own acting a lot. Yeah. I loved it. I did it from 10, 10 to 17. 10 to 17, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do we have any photos of this? Uh, there, Photos can be found, yeah. They're, oh, my God. Yeah. I, do, you, do you ever heard... Wait, what are you going to say? Like, well, I'm curious, because like, usually it's like the cliche plays. Like, did you, what kind of plays did you do? Um, yeah, pretty much all the stand... A lot of Shakespeare. Um, oh, my God, yes. Uh, but a lot of the... I mean, a lot of the tasks were like modernized Shakespeare. You were in high school when you're kind of getting the social media fame. This Tumblr shit. Tum- yeah, Tumblr was sick, but Did it was that but affect it, your like popularity at all in school. Um. Oh God. I, so I kept it a secret. Oh. I. I mean, I was posting cute gifts on Tumblr. Like, it, it, I. I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that's a hundred percent. I kept that. I kept that very much a secret. But I remember one day in like the IT room at school. It was like a room with thirty computers. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Someone had discovered had on every fucking computer screen <gasps> was a Google search of Blake Steven Tumblr, and someone had gone before fucking class. Oh my god! So I walk into this class, and everyone, every single seat, and every screen had Blake Steven Tumblr on the Google, and my gifts were popping up, photos popping up. What was that moment like? Um. You ever felt like your world's crashing down all around you? <laughs> yeah, no. That was it. No, I can. I was living in two different. I was. It was two different realities. Like I had a reality. Embarrassed by it. Yeah, a hundred percent embarrassed by it. Hmm. That's why. I, I mean, that's what why. What was I, the I, image that you had built up in person at that school? So if you look at my my Tumblr image, is what like a cute cute boy with glasses. Hmm. Um, I was so insecure at that time. I had my very, I had my, my friends and I, I wasn't like, um, I wasn't trying to date girls or anything. I wasn't like, I couldn't like talk to, I was like insecure as fuck, but no confidence. 
yet the Tumblr thing was like, it was a visual of someone with extreme confidence. Like I was putting GIFs and photos and doing this whole thing. And so when I'd log on at night, I suddenly I was the most confident person. This is secret confidence. Yeah. And as soon as I log off and I go back to my normal life, I'm like, oh, I don't have that confidence anymore. I didn't have it. Wow. Yeah. So that moment was just like, that was yeah. painful. Yeah. Be- yeah. A hundred percent. I remember I didn't go, I didn't stay in class. I just left. I didn't, like I turned around and know. was walking, just walked around, went to the library. Mm. Could not be in that room at any moment. A hundred percent now. Couldn't deal with that. How long did you try to avoid it? Um, I remember taking the... So that class was 2 p.m. just after lunch. So that was like the last hour of school. So like school was over so after... Like, I'm, getting, I'm going to the library. I'm getting the fuck home. Hmm. Um, what was that next day like? I have never had more anxiety going into like my class for like um, register. Wow. Um, everyone was like looking at me. I felt, it felt like I had done something wrong, was the, was the vibe I had in myself. I mean, I hadn't done anything wrong. I was putting, like, shit, you know, yeah. If I thought I had no confidence before, I wasn't prepared for how little confidence I had after. It, like, I took nothing good out of that. I stopped posting shit on Tumblr. That was, like, the reason it kind of stopped. Wow, okay. Because I knew suddenly everyone... Were you fun of it all because of it? Um... No, I mean, it didn't even, it didn't, like, it was high school, like, three days later, there was something else that happened. Right. But I couldn't, I never kind of recovered from that. It was like, yeah. Even now, thinking about that gives me, like, like, the shake, like, when I think about that moment. Because mm-hmm. also, I've never, I don't think I'll ever experience that moment again. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's. Everything's out there now. Yeah. We saw you in the Uber earlier, bro. We know, we know what's coming next. Uh, meetings, bro. I had meetings to go to, places to be. <laughs> Coffee to drink. Um, yeah. Were you, were you not on social media at all like that? I was on MySpace. Um, yeah. Were you one of the, the last users of MySpace? Did MySpace you, did you... would have been the years that, like, if you questioned whether I was gay, you definitely probably, like, thought it. Like, I, if I... God. I think if I pulled back some of these photos... I used to do these... Okay, so this was... God. MySpace was my thing back in the day because it was the... The first time in my life I ever felt like I had related to something because I was discovering music that I actually liked. That was actually when I fell in love with London and the UK. Huh. Um, there was a song back in the day. I think, there, I think the band was named Infernal. And it was from, from Paris to Berlin. From Paris to Berlin. That song changed my life. Like, I know it sounds so dumb. That song legitimately changed my life. I remember oh hearing that and going. I remember that. I remember that was. In the, oh, I've never yeah. heard anything like this. Nothing like this. Mm-hmm. And so I remember I was I was super gay because I was listening to all that electro disco music, um, and even in early high school or even like mid high school with like the first Calvin Harris album with like the disco, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And that time, made you gay. Oh yeah, because because electronic music was not. Wow, major. that's a very that's very different. Before. Wow. Before electronic music hit radio, oh, you were gay to listen to that stuff. That's wild. Yeah. That's really wild. No, yeah. Um, like Paul Oakenfold. Oh, yeah. Really was not. Absolutely, yeah. You're like, yeah, he's gay. Yeah, he's gay. Um, so 
MySpace was like my my safe haven for music. And yeah. Then um, I would I would you know get on the you know, HTML as CSS codes and like deck that shit out and like I was over. Oh, you had all you had you had all the effects happening. You had you're yeah. using the mouse. You have a rainbow I trail. Like the, you had, I didn't do like the glitter rainbow trail. Oh like, god, that, that used to be the, that used to be. <laughs> that's distasteful. Have some respect, please. right? Like oh, that's too far. Yeah. But it it was like there was. Yeah, I just I was making a statement, and then the the. Do you have any like screenshots of this? Is it still? Um, is... I have the photos that were online. Then they're buried. I've buried them, but they're there. Like we can post them on the gram or something like that. But I mean, so when I was around this age too, I used to like I was um, working on like the yearbook and stuff like that for the school. So I had like a Canon. Uh, I don't even know what model it was back in the day, like a Mark One or something like that, and. I would take this camera home and basically experiment, have photo shoots. And so I remember one time I was, I had like paint all over my face or just whatever. I looked yeah. so damn gay. I don't know what I was thinking. Like, it's no wonder I got bullied. Like there's certain things I look at now. I'm like, yeah, no, you, <laughs> you kind of, you kind of deserve all that. So that MySpace was like the first time I ever expressed myself publicly. Never language wise was I ever out ever. Honestly, that wasn't until like a couple. Well, and years ago. and was was this um was this MySpace under your name? Like, oh, could yeah, yeah, could, it was be, under could, my name. could anyone find it? It wasn't like a hidden thing. It wasn't. Oh no no no! I was I just didn't give. I didn't care. I right. Like, okay, okay. This is my shit. This is my music. Like this is my vibe. Like take it or leave it. I've always kind of had that attitude. I was always kind of rebellious. Like screw you. Even when I was like a like a pastor's kid, my mom and dad used to come to me all the time. Oh my god, they'd be like. You know, Susie over here saw you or heard you say X, Y, and Z. And I'd be like, well, you tell that bitch. I don't care. Yeah. And it, yeah. I mean, that kind of created a problem. So, like, even with the stuff I would post online. But the, I think the interesting thing to me about MySpace overall was that it was the first time we ever started connecting with strangers. And we were okay yeah. with it. Yeah. You know? Because I remember, like, finding... Um, like all these guys and stuff on MySpace that I would like chat with. You ever like, okay, I don't know if you ever did this though, but like, you know, like MySpace or like the chat rooms back in the day and like you'd have like these like, you know, really secretive conversations or whatever. Mm-hmm. I always wonder who those people are and where they are now. It's like, oh yeah, you remember? Yeah, yeah. I, I, there was a couple people that it probably lasted for months, if not like a year or two. Wow. It wouldn't be like sexual or anything, but it would just be like conversation. It's like, it's like pen pals. It's like yeah. a it's like a virtual pen pal. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I knew a lot about their lives, and we would like you know like the yeah. and bullshit where you're like, oh yeah, this is my feelings, but you don't know who we are. Like, oh yeah, I did that shit. Yeah. It must have messed you know, every yeah. level. It was like it was like that. Space, I AOL like aim. Of course. Oh my god, that was everything. I remember um, oh you saying that those like pen pal kind of things. Reminds me when I was seventeen, I really, I it was still my dream to live here, like live in LA. Mm-hmm. And I would, I remember, t- like I would be in these like uh, conversations with like girls my age who lived in America, mm-hmm. who lived in like California, because I was like a, it was an easy sell. I was a British boy. Oh my god! Yeah, you know, whatever. Wet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So. I, I can remember. I wonder where a lot of those people are now. Oh, for sure. It's like the silent people in your childhood that kind of shaped who you are, but you never knew who they were. What was your yeah. username back in the day? Did you have an embarrassing username? No. 
Really? No, I never did. Um, oh, my first email was shakethatass07 at hotmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's embarrassing. That was, that's, I still got, I still have that on some accounts now. Oh, um, God. If you want to send me any MSN messages, <laughs> shakethatass07 at hotmail.com. Yeah, that was, that was, also my unit, my, my, my name was like Blake Steven. Like, not many people have my name. So it was like, I was never, there wasn't, I, I was the only Blake in my city that I'd ever met. I'd never heard anyone talk about someone else with my name. That's so very intriguing. So my username was always just Blake Steven. Like it was two first names. So Blake was not really a common name. Not at all. Wow, interesting. As a first, I mean, I mean, even like here, it's way more popular. In the UK, no, it's like, not. To me, like Blake Steven would not be that. I mean, I, there, I don't know. There's no Blakes. Blake is very, very, very interesting. Um. I've definitely never Seldom heard used. Steven. Yeah. Steven or ev- ev- everyone always puts an S on the end. My I teachers know. did that. My teachers did that every year I was at school, and I was at the same school for ten years. And every year they'd be like, like Steven. There's no S. I'm like, you fucking know too. <laughs> was he? Have, like, you guys have some bet on my my reaction to this nonsense? Yeah, my my uh, the, the most embarrassing username I ever had was uh, Hot Beach Boy Twelve. <laughs> It's so gay, bro. Like, there's there's so many moments I look back and I'm like, God, God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, yeah. No, it was a that was such a weird time because MySpace was also the transition from California to Louisiana. From here was the question I was thinking about for that um, transition. What was that high school life like like what was the big differences between california and louisiana it was like, a different country yeah no like like that's was a different and country. how many years of school left did you have when you when you left two. No, so no, you're no. basically just going for the final two years which would be right. hella fucking fun in california those final oh, two years god yeah because everyone went to a sick college after that it was like a beach college or something like that mm-hmm. it, was, it was dope absolutely when i moved to louisiana you know going right come on like i literally felt like god had cursed me and you mind you, in church world mentality, there were three people: my grandfather, my dad's best friend, and I don't remember the third one. They all had like prophesied or said that like the reason for this move to Louisiana is not for my dad, but it was for me. Everyone said that they're like, "This has nothing to do with your job. This, is, this move is strategically for Jay." Did not know what that meant. First of all, first of all, hate that strategy. Right, right. taking you out of your dreams. Right, right. So it was like. One, my dream was ripped from me. Then everyone was like prophesying, like that they none of them knew each other either, and they were like, "Oh yeah, this is this moves for Jay." So now it kind of all rests on you. So then, yeah. So then I go to Louisiana. This is this is how it all happens. I show up on a Wednesday, and Monday school starts. Okay, I land. I get it. I'm in the airport. I think it's in New Orleans. It is raining, and I, like I'm not talking raining, bitch. I'm talking like vomit water raining like it is just like that is a vile a vile image driving you can't even see anything out the window like the wipers can't move quick enough to wipe that shit away and i'm walking out of the airport in new orleans it's and i I remember like the automatic doors open at the airport and i'm like (gasps) and i couldn't even breathe because it was so humid and this big ass black dude's all like laughing at me he's all like he goes, boy, where are you from? I was like, I'm from California. I was like, what's wrong with the air here? And he goes, he goes, ah, he goes, that's humidity, boy. You ain't never been here. I was like, it, it, I, I was like, oh my god, I need fucking gills to breathe down here. It was so wet, so wet. So then 
it's like horrible weather for two days. Friday is like orientation, like the you know, welcome, new students welcoming. So I have not even been in this town for 24 hours. What had happened was my dad. Well, that's a very southern. What happened was what happened was my grandfather owned the school, owned the church and the school that I was attending, and so he had called the principal and was like, "Hey, these two, I send two dudes to go pick up my grandson, like show him around." So these two dudes, Glenn and Scotty, which I have a very interesting story later about Glenn. Okay, we'll get into that later. Um. Glenn and Scotty come and pick me up, and we, they were in this Forerunner. I don't even know what the fuck a Forerunner was back in the day. I was like, what is this shit? So they come pick me up, and I'm like, I probably look like a homo just because the, the difference between California and Louisiana was very drastic in fashion. Okay? So they didn't know what skinny jeans were. They knew what, like, flannels and camo was. Like, that was what I was wearing. So there was heavy gay vibes straight away. Right, right, right. Like, yeah. uh, I, th- I think I was wearing, like... I don't, I don't even remember what shoes I was wearing. It's basic shit. And it was like, oh, he's clearly not from here. So I, I remember driving in this car, and I'm in the back of the Forerunner, and, like, Scotty was, like, a, Scotty was a wild animal, dude. Like, I, I don't even know how – like, if um, – he's, like, a Johnny Knoxville, okay? Just okay. out of control, yeah. that guy in the school. Going at 110 yeah, miles an hour at all times. Yeah. We almost die every fucking 10 feet in the car. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, oh, what do y'all do for fun out in California, man? And I'm like, doesn't sound like a surfer, first off. But he's like, hey, what do y'all do for fun out in California? I was like, in my mind, I'm like, I don't even know how to answer this question because you can do whatever you want. Yeah. That was that was literally my only thought. I'm like, you can do whatever you want. He's like, what does that mean? I'm like, literally, you can do skating, yeah. snowboarding, surfing, whatever you want, bro. Like, and so I was like, what do y'all do for fun down here? We go to Walmart. That is horrifying. And I was like, what? Walmart. Okay, first of all, coming from the area I was in in California, if you went to Walmart, you were low class. Okay? Like, that just is what it is. You went to Target. Like, you would avoid Walmart at all costs because it was ghetto. Because I'm also coming from, like, Farmville, middle of nowhere, California. The nearest one is 45 minutes away. And that Walmart, I'm not lying to you, you could not find a full set of teeth in that thing. So you did not go to Walmart. You went to Target, bro. That was the vibe. So... And I'm like, y'all go to, for fun there? And they're like, oh, fuck yeah, that's great. So guess that's what we do. We go to Walmart. And I'm not lying to you. I have never had so much goddamn fun in a Walmart. What, these what do they do? The, anything. Like, like before the stupid-ass kids on Vine were being retarded, this was my friends. Before, this is before internet. Okay, yeah. We go to Walmart. They go straight to the toy section, the bike section. These dudes pick off like these pink little princess bikes and start like BMXing around the whole Walmart, screaming, throwing balls across. Like they would literally get on one side of the Walmart across the thing and throw like dodgeballs across the whole thing and just hear someone scream on the other side. <laughs> I was just like, holy shit, dude, we are going to get arrested. I literally, I've never done anything bad in my life. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is insane. And it was a blast. It was wise. He goes, oh my God. He goes, we're going to go, we're going to go roll this bitch's house tonight. And I was like, well, I don't even know what that means. What, yeah, what does that mean? And I was like, roll, roll someone's house. They're like, yeah, you know, like throw toilet paper and like trash that shit. I'm like, oh, like TP someone's house. They're like, yeah, same thing. Dude, these dudes, no, this was not the same thing. When I was in California and you would TP someone's house, you, you know, you might use like one little thing of toilet paper and like, no, eh, you're done. No. When these dudes got done rolling your house, bitch, you could not see that house. It was white, sheer white color. 
This, this is like a financial investment oh, too. Like no, you're having. He's probably spent three, four, five hundred dollars on he, his dad had money. He was, he was the, his dad was the best commercial painter in the whole state. Amazing, like, amazing family. Okay, so yeah. money. So we hundreds of roles. Okay, we go to this this bitch's house, destroy her house. Uh-huh. Okay, and I could kind of sense that there was like a tension with this girl. They were like, oh yeah, we don't like her. Whatever. So we peel out. Next thing you know, like we destroyed the house. We're on the freeway. We're driving back. Sure enough, he gets a call from the mom. And she's all like, Scotty, get your ass back here. Clean this shit up or I'm calling the fucking cops again. And I'm like, again. Oh, oh my. <laughs> what? Wait, what did this bitch say? And so they're like, and he goes, oh. And so then he's like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Fine, fine, fine. We'll go back. So like he's screaming. You're getting you're dragged into the yeah, situation so like, now. Glenn's like, "What are we gonna do?" He goes, "I can't have the cops call me one more time, bro. My dad's gonna kill me this time." And so I'm sitting in the back, like, "What situation am I in right yeah. now? Like, I don't know what's going on." So I'm like, "Holy shit!" So we're driving back to this woman's house, and before we jump out of the car, I just told him, "I was like, yo, like, I just got in this town. Like, my name is Chris, and pick another school where I'm from, but it can't be Christian Life." And so he goes, okay, yeah, Dunham, bro. You from Dunham. You Chris from Dunham. I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. So we jump out of this car and we're walking towards, you know, this woman was like 500 pounds. Not joking. Like huge, okay? So I'm like walking up and she's all like, you better clean this shit up. I can't, I'm not doing this shit with you anymore, Scott. I'm done. He goes, okay, we're going to clean up because this is my friend Chris. He's from Dunham. He's moving down. She looks at me and she goes, I know who you are. I know exactly who you are. You're Jay Malilli. You're Jonathan's son. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And I'm like, um, and you are? And she goes, oh, your dad knows me. We went to high school together. And I'm like, that was day one. That was the intro to Louisiana. So I'm like, immediately I'm like, I can't hide in this town. Everyone knew my grandfather because my grandfather was like the medical doctor of Baton Rouge way back in the day and then he like started this church and this church was a mega church so everyone knew who my family was you couldn't hide like that that was the first moment i was like right yeah there's no privacy in this town for me yeah and that winter was when i met this dude brandon higgins dude brandon brandon like in a lot of ways saved my life i don't like i don't think i've ever told him that but like we we started partying this house it all happened like around new year's and i was i never drank before i you know at all before this age. I was 16 at the time. Yeah. And his his mom at the time, she passed away, but her, we called her Big Mama. Rest in peace. And she would literally walk around in a bathrobe with a blender in one hand full of daiquiri and a Virginia Slim cigarette in the other one. Legend. And her favorite song was Irre- Irreplaceable by Beyonce. She'd be like, to the left, to the left, all drunk, just walking out. It was honestly the best time of my life. But she had this rule where she was like, there's the bucket. Put your keys in. You ain't leaving. So the f- I remember it was around Christmas and she had gotten like a huge handle of Grey Goose. And we were like sitting on the table. We were talking and, I went, and they're like, oh, you ever drank before? And I was like, no, I never drank. They're like, oh, you never drank? You never drank before? Oh, no, never. Not even California? Like, like maybe like a like sniff of wine. Okay. Like nothing. Yeah. Parents super conservative. Okay. And... I remember that, like, oh, fuck, yeah, we're going to get the founder's grandson drunk. We, me, between me and Brandon, we drank that whole fifth of Grey Goose. Jesus Christ. Or handle. It was a handle. Big old handle of Grey Goose. I don't know how I didn't die that night. But 
that was the beginning. Oh my God, being drunk for the first time, it was just, it was freedom. Hmm. It was a, it was a weird, there was like the beginning of a downhill spiral, I guess, for a sense, because I don't regret it because high school partying, like I wouldn't, like even if I had kids, I'd be like, yeah, you need to go like party in high school. It was just the best thing ever. Like these house parties it was in Louisiana. It was next, like the things you see like on a music video, that was it every yeah. single night. Yeah. It'd be like, especially we had a lot of like Arab kids, like Middle Eastern kids. They always, their parents own like all the restaurants in town. Yeah. Yeah. So they were loaded. Okay. All loaded. Well, depending on whose family it was, there was like four or five like families, Middle Eastern families. And so like they would kind of hot parties. And like, oh yeah, you know, like Yasmin's family is throwing this party. I'm like, oh, this like, Laura's family is throwing this party. Yeah. And they would be wild. Three, four hundred kids. We used to have like these big ice coolers full of we call it jungle juice and jungle oh, juice nothing yes. more than like nine different kinds of alcohol mainly everclear and then it would just be like sugar packets of like like uh hawaiian punch or something so you are just getting lit okay so we'd have jesus christ we put them up in like the attics and we'd have like hoses coming down and then everyone that would come to the door we just charge them ten dollars and give them a cup and you would just get shit faced and so honestly the best time of my life. Like it was, it was so fun. So, See, I, so it seems like that California to Louisiana move, in some ways, was very beneficial to you. Can you kind of found yourself in some degree? Yeah, drinking was definitely an escape, though, because even after I moved, me and my grandfather had a lot of public fights. Like he would call me out in front of the whole school, like during a chapel, and like make fun of me, or like we would get like screaming fights in front. Like it was, it was bad, real bad. Right. And so that was kind of, I think, my rebellious way of being like, oh, you think that's bad? Watch what I'll do next. Yeah. It was literally my okay. mentality of like, yeah. you think that's bad, whatever. So I started dating this girl. So then coming back to this like story about this guy, Glenn, okay? And there was this there was this girl at the time, and she was like on the cheerleading squad or whatever. And her and this other chick, Mikhail, we were like dancing buddies because I just love dancing like ho. So we would we, we would just do our thing. So it was one winter formal. Me and we're at this house party uh, with this girl, Megan. Okay. And it was like this dope-ass black chick who could sing her ass off. Like she was just – and she was like on the volleyball team. Like she was just like – Killer. At us yeah. in school. Yeah, yeah. Everyone wanted to be Megan. 100%. So we're there and she's throwing like her – like her, like this is how dope she was. Like her parents, her mom, her auntie, like everybody was all there at the party too. So like it's like house party, vibes, whatever. So yeah. Mikhail, there was like a balcony that overlooked the living room. Me and Mikhail on top and like dancing like hoes, just like grinding, cage dancing, whatever. This other chick comes up, gets in between us and like pushes me up against the bookshelf and we start going at it. Like just whatever. And this girl, Gabby, walks up to me, walks up the stairs and she goes, oh my God, you better, you better watch out because... Glenn is downstairs and he sees you doing all this stuff. I'm like, well, you can tell that man if he has any balls, he can come up here and do something. And what was your relation to Glenn at this time? We weren't even friends. I don't even consider it. We knew of each other because we kind of had to. But, like, we we had nothing in common. Like, nothing at all. Right, okay. And so, but his dad was one of the coaches on staff. At the school. Right. And okay. I think yeah. I want to say that he was like a pastor on staff with my grandfather. So there was kind of like this like administrative like power tension, I guess you could say, between us, if you will. So that was definitely probably the, the reason for my like do something, bro. Yeah. So like we're having this time. 
we're putting on this show for everyone. Everyone in the bottom of this party is just like, oh my God. Like looking up like, you know, there's like Britney moment of like, this is insane. So we walk out, we leave, long story short, we go back to Hayes' house. We go back to the chick's house and he had a curfew because it's like real, real good at two-shoes family. Mm-hmm. And he was like looking at me like, I am you all night, like, fuck this guy, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So he leaves. He has to leave. I didn't have a curfew that night. And me and this chick are laying there. And, like, we start, like, having vibes, go back and forth, whatever. Didn't do anything. And this girl, Allison, okay? Allison was, oh, God, she was a legend. I walk into school Monday morning after this whole thing. And Allison, first period, she's, like, in front of the whole class. She goes, hey, Jay, I heard you and Hayes and Mikhail had an orgy this weekend. So me, I, like, turn beat red and like play the whole thing off and i'm like oh my god shh, shh, don't tell anyone so it goes viral around the school everyone starts talking about this oh my god jay they all had a they all had a threesome blah 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 and was this for you were you proud of this like of, of this story getting out almost as far as i can remember any rumors that would come up about me at school i would just say they were true so that i kind of i feel like i kind of had this brand of no one really knew what was true about me and what wasn't which I feel like has kind of continued on in my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not. Cha- it seems like it's not a childhood thing, but um. Right. Um. So we had. So long story short, me, this, and this girl were on like student council or whatever. Yes. So we had. I conveniently strategized. I was like, oh, we need to go look at prom locations together. Mm-hmm. And we're like flirting downtown, looking at places, blah blah blah, having this vibe. Just gonna say that Jay used quotation marks heavily for the last two sentences. Right. So it was – we were definitely catching feelings yeah. over this guy. He was boring. He was like watching paint dry. And here you are. We drive back to her place and her mom calls while we're, we're literally like laying on this levee watching the sunset, like being all cozy and gay and shit and like holding each other. Cozy and gay, bro. Yeah. And her mom calls and she's like, hey, babe, you need to come back because um, Glenn's here and he's pissed. And I was like, oh. That's the oh. best voice you just did, by the way. That, that voice you just did of a mom talking quietly around someone was unbelievable. And I wish to hear it one more time. Right. So we go back to this house and she's all like, we walk in the door. And I'm like, I have just got like big dick energy at this time. I'm like, yeah, yeah daddy's coming through. So I walk in this house like, what you going to do about it, bro? So I, he's shaking, shaking mad. Okay. And I have this, like, cocky smirk on my face. Like, I don't give a damn. And she's like, babe, babe, it's not what it looks like. It's not what it looks like. And I have this look on my face, looking him in the eye in the kitchen while he's screaming. Like, it's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to leave. Let y'all sort this out. Good to see you. And winked at him. Walked off. Oh, that I could just literally hear the volume in the room. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it just that shit got me off. I literally, I think I might have like beat off on the way home. I was so excited about that. <laughs> I don't know if we're supposed to say that on our podcast, but it was a thing. So, and to be fair, I didn't even plan this, but it just kind of like happened because I was a genius back then. I left my phone at her place and didn't realize it until I was halfway to my house. So I had to go back. Oh, you had a reason to be there again. <laughs> Subconscious. Yes, I did. So when I went back, they got in a fight. Long story short, they broke up. We ended up being together. And that was the – the. I don't know if I would really consider her a girlfriend because I don't remember the conversation of, like, making it official. But there definitely was a breakup. I didn't care. You can't it. break up. I mean, you must have 
you must you must have been silently boyfriend. You can't you can't have a breakup without being something. Yeah, the ending was bad. What did I, you do? I fucked up. This was fucking your fault. Yeah. So there was I don't really remember what happened. Honestly, I don't even know if I told her the story, so she may find out. I don't know. There was this guy named BJ. BJ was like this big old Arab dude, and his dad owned all the subways like in Louisiana, like ten locations or something. And maybe it was not all Louisiana, but they he him and my girlfriend at the time had like a feud. And I don't really remember what it was over. They just they just hated each other. Right. And BJ, for like a visual perspective, kind of looked like DJ Khaled. Like that. Okay. Vibe, okay. Like 2018 DJ Khaled? Like, yeah, just and honestly, he was funny as hell. Like, yeah. good guy, great to party with. Like, love him. He calls me, him and this chick Allison, the one that you spread rumors to. They, she, he calls me and goes, fuck this bitch. I don't know blah, 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 what she did. We're going to trash her house. Come over. I'm paying for everything. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And I was like, I mean, you're like, I'm going to be involved. Right, right. I got to do this, bro. Yeah. Like, anytime someone called me to like trash someone's house or something, I was like, I was just down. I was like, yeah, yeah I'm down for this vibe. Yeah, we for sure. This is in California. I was like, this is fun <laughs> for me. So, and when I say trash, this was beyond rolling. This was, we bought honey, flour, birthday cakes, cupcakes. The damage costs are huge for this. Toilet paper. Oh my god. Saran wrap. Anything that you could think of that could go on Anything a car that that can be yeah, it. there you go. We bought it. Yeah. Probably spent, I don't know, it was hundreds of dollars worth of junk. We go, this is her she had a brand new H three Hummer back in the day. And we god. wow destroyed it. Like covered this thing. So we, you know, ha 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 laugh, you know, we leave, whatever the next day. And I didn't think my name was gonna come up. And I don't remember how it did. This is the second time you haven't thought your name is going to come right. up when you've gone to. It always does. And I always I just remember this like a golden rule, like James, you know, and come back around. I get a call the next morning. She's like screaming, crying, and she's like, "I'm first of all peeing my pants on the other end of the phone. I'm laughing so hard, right? Like, literally on me." And this she's is like, and this is your this is at girlfriend. the time girlfriend. This is my at the time. <laughs> Lest we just just to remind everyone here. This is probably when I knew I was like, yeah. I'm kind the of night before he said, the night before he said yes to trashing his girlfriend's right. vehicle. So she's mad. I'm like, I'm over there, and she's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you would do this to me!" And I'm like, "What are you talking about, babe?" Uh-huh. What are you talking about, babe? No, you were involved. Get your ass over here. So then, like, her parents called my parents, and my mom's like, "Oh my god, what did you do? Get your ass over to the house." So I show up. This is where I show up around noon, and. I don't BJ didn't even show up. BJ was like literally like fuck you sue me. Like and we don't care. Right. So I'm the only one that has to show up to this girl's house. We show up t- to this girl, my girlfriend's. We show up to my girlfriend's house around like 1 or like 12 1 and this it's hot. Okay, you Guess I'm saying it's cooking, isn't it? This is Louisiana heat. Um it was like a 2 inch layer thicker over the whole car of just gunk. Like I literally looked at this. I looked at this. and I was like, "Yo, we just destroyed this car. Like we just, yeah. This this car might be legit totaled after this. It yeah, so bad. So, and I'm like, oh fuck, how do I get out of this? So I'm like, I didn't know how you put me in the middle of this. Blah blah blah. So I was like, oh look, look, I so I did the whole thing. Like I didn't do this, and I don't know why you'd blame me for it. This wasn't my idea, but I'll pay for it because I'm a good guy. And great positioning. Yeah. It was bullshit. But and her mom knew that. And her mom, you never have those moments when you like, this is, 
this is why I was a devil. This is probably why people think I'm Satan sometimes. Sometimes, you know, when you push someone to their limits mm-hmm. and they crack and they tell you everything they've ever felt about you and you're like, oh, yeah. That was what I had did to her whole family that day. Right. And so all the things that came out of the closet that day about me, I was like, oh. These things have been brewing for months. Right. Yeah. And it was honestly, I think – Looking back on it, I know the reason I did that was because I wanted to break up with her and I didn't know how to. Yeah. So with her family manifesting on me like that, I literally had turned around. I was like, I don't think we should do this anymore. It's literally my vibe. I don't think we should do this anymore. Your mother's crazy. That was literally, I think, the words that came out of my mouth. Right. And so the relationship was over. I trashed her $60,000 car. And uh, yeah, the guy told me it took him six hours or something like that just to clean the outside of it. It was was insanity. How much did that end up costing? Do you remember? The guy went to the church, and so he only graciously charged us $350 to, to clean out with, by hand. And I was like, oh, God. Bro, that's... I mean, if we should have paid this guy, we should have paid him like three grand. I mean, we... Was Dude, that's... So that was like... That was junior year for me. It was wild. It was a good time. Did you party, did you party in high school? Were you rebellious in nature? Did you have a rebellious side in <laughs> What was the dirty life of the Tumblr kid like? Here's my thing. You know, <laughs> you some of you might be aware I'm di- diabetic, like type 1 diabetic. Did and that happen in high school? That happened when I was 14, right before I was going to oh, go. Wow, we should probably back up to that point. So Yeah. Oh, let me just have the half of this cookie and I'll, I'll come back with it. <laughs> um, so this is the most amazing thing I've ever been able to do as an American. Um, I'm very, very proud of this moment. Mm. Blake Steven um, did not know what a Girl Scout cookie was. Specifically, frozen Thin Mints. Never had that in my life. Vibes. Vibes. I honestly am very honored to Mm. have been the American to introduce you to Girl Scout cookies. I've had four in the last three minutes. (laughs) Um, Anyways, back to diabetes. Yeah, okay, back to... (laughs) Speaking of... (laughs) So okay, so I I was di- I was diagnosed uh, diabetic in April twenty April two thousand seven. Why so, or how did you get it? Um, why? Like, did you eat like shit or no? No, type two is like eating. Okay, I don't know ty- much about this. No, no, it's a simple explanation. Like type two, you normally get it later on in life when you if you have a poor diet, don't exercise. Like it just develops, you know. Mm-hmm. Type one is I was born. With, it was always going to happen. Like, I was born with it uh, being that way. Anyone else in your family? Um, like a distant cousin. So, no. So, no. Not directly, no. Interesting. Um, I was actually on vacation in Mexico. Um, so, yeah, April 12th. So, it was Easter holidays. Okay. So, like, two weeks off school. So, we went to Mexico for 10 days. And as soon as, as, soon as I got there... I would just get so thirsty all the time. I'd have to be drinking. I'd go through like five, six liters of water a day. Mm-hmm. Like just continuous drink, pee, drink, 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 pee, drink. Like like all the time. Um, what were you feeling? Was it dehydrated? Or- it was de- it was it was it was dehydration for sure. Um, and I but inexplicable. It was, but obviously more than. Normal, you felt because you're still out in the sun. Yeah, but I, but yes, yes, yes. So yes. I feel like you'd be naturally dying. For, for yeah, so I, I was also on vacation. Like I, did, I didn't know if it was just my, 
I didn't think about it too much. I didn't tell anybody, actually. I didn't, like, mention it. it was like, I'm drinking so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought eventually it's just going to go away. Um, but I do remember getting on the flight to leave Mexico, looking out the window. Like, that had a window seat, and it was over this, like, beautiful blue-ass water. Um, and I remember just in my head being like, I wish I was, like, jumping in that water. I wish I was in that water right now. Mm. Like, I had this unquenching thirst just to be, like... I don't know, like, just, like, having, being, I felt like I had, had no water at all in my body at any moment. It was very weird. And I got home, and when I got home, it kept happening, it didn't stop, and I told my mom, and I was like, I, I'm drinking so much, and I'm going to, the, like, I'm going, like, peeing all the time, because I can't stop drinking. And at this time, I was drinking anything, so I was having, like, orange juice full of sugar. Like, I was just sending my blood sugars higher and higher without knowing what I was doing. Um... And my mom was like, "Okay, let me. Uh, like, I'll talk to a doctor, and we'll figure something. Look, we'll figure it out." And she researched this whole thing. And I remember walking home from school one day. This was during my exams, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I was walking home from school, um, and I said goodbye to my friend, uh, my friend James. And um, I looked. I just put my head up to go. I only lived a couple of doors down, and my mom was outside the house with the car running. And she's like, "We have to go to hospital like right now." So. I didn't like go inside. I was still in my uni- like, school uniform. Um, got in the car, drove to the hospital. I didn't have to wait. They took me straight into this room to have like my blood sugars taken. And the the basically they take your blood sugar in the hospital, and it was like a three beep, and it would tell you the result. Mm-hmm. And she took the thing away, the actual equipment. So I couldn't see the number. And after the third beep, she just did this like big like exhale, and my blood sugar was like. 15 times what it should be at that moment. Oh, wow. Um, and so if it was only a couple of days later, I would have been in, like, real trouble if I hadn't gone to hospital. Um, like, things would have started shutting down. I would have, like, probably gone into, like, a coma. Like, if my mom hadn't, like, researched this shit and, like, found out about it. So from then, it was a very... It made me an adult very quickly. Mm-hmm. I was then in intensive care to get my blood sugar down. I was then taken to, like, a kid's hospital... It's weird. It was like it was a children's. I was fourteen, but it was a children's hospital because they were the only hospital to like specialize in diabetes care. Oh, okay. So I got to this hospital, um, and then actually, when I got there, they wouldn't have me. They thought he's too old to be at this hospital, so they were going to send me back to the other, like a different hospital. It was like a whole mess. Um, and then um, this was this was late at night. It must be at ten thirty at night. I was checking into the hospital, got my bed. My dad had. My um, dad had drove, driven over from... My dad lived in the city like an hour away. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my parents were separated at this time. So he came over. It was like we had this talk with the doctor. I was like, well, how is this going to affect my life? I thought my life was over at this moment. Um, I remember my da- I actually only remember my dad. My dad was like very concerned that I wasn't going to be able to play sport. <laughs> he like kept asking. Like He didn't ask like, how is it going to affect me? It was like... Will he still be able to play football? Will he still be able to play? I don't know. That, that's like one of the weirdly one of the things I remember from this whole moment. Um, then I was taken to my hospital room, and then my parents left after an hour. And then I was just in this. I remember just being in this hospital bed at night by myself, thinking like six, seven hours ago I was just like at school, and now I'm wow. like, and now ha- life is. Now I have like I I have two different IVs going on. I have insulin in one, saline in another. Because my body was still getting used to having insulin again. Um, so I was getting like fevers, aches, this whole 
It was like a really, it was a real where, bad where 24 hours. did hour. this happen on the timeline of the Tumblr thing? This was before it. This is before it. This was like two years before. Oh, okay. Because um, Tumblr was like 16. So this was, so, so. Were you, weird term, but like, were you out as a diabetic in high school or? I had to be. Like, as soon as I went back to school, everyone knew. Oh, yeah. That we, I, I was talked about in assembly. Because I was like the first person. I was the first person in school to have it. Oh. So I, when I when I got back, it was like everyone knew everything. Straight away. Um, but I was off school for like two weeks. Um, did that change the dynamic at all? Um. Yeah, it changed it. In I don't know if it changed it. Like personally, it changed it because it felt. I immediately started feeling like I couldn't have fun anymore. Like, I stopped getting invited to parties and stuff because it was like, out because what if something happens to him? And I, and I mean, I mean, that's fine. Fair, fair enough, I guess. But like, I was, it kind of locked me out of a lot of friendships. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't, no one, I mean, no one really knows what type 1 diabetes is about. Like, no one really knows about it. Yeah. It was, well, I mean, back, maybe now, I don't know, back then for sure. Um, but it made me be an adult very quick. Suddenly I was, from from being a from being a child, I was a week later testing my own blood sugar levels five times a day, giving like shooting myself with insulin three times a day, um, thinking about everything that I'm eating, that I'm drinking. Couldn't have orange juice anymore. I used to always have in the morning cereal and orange juice, and then suddenly it became I had to have like water, like with like a what do you call it when you put like a little bit of black currant in water and pour water on top of it and it kind of makes it? I don't know if you guys have it. We have it's, co- it's called Ribena. It's like a drink. I couldn't have that and I couldn't have cereal because the cereal had sugar in it and it was like I had to start having like eggs in the morning and like things that would have no sugar basically, mm-hmm. no sugar content or limited sugar. So life became very life became very real very quickly it became very much of a if i don't take insulin one time i'm gonna feel very sick was death ever a concern uh well considering well i mean if i didn't go to hospital for for another two days i would have been in a coma there's 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 a mindset difference between like i'm gonna be very sick and like i could die yeah oh yes okay yes i understand what you're saying yeah 100 percent. everything had a very real Consequence. You felt the weight of life. Like instead, yes. Instead of it being, I could get sick or what it was like. Oh, I could. I might not wake up. Like I might. Mm. I mean, my first, my my real first issue I had with diabetes was, um, only. Oh God, it must be only like three or four weeks after I was diagnosed. Maybe a couple months. I went to Paris with my dad. We went to Disneyland. It was like a trip for me. Like I was like. 14 but like take me to disney i'm gonna have a fucking good time um and it was like to get me out of this i was very sad all the time immediately afterwards i was super sad like i couldn't get happy about much yeah um went to disneyland and then we we were staying at the official like the 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 main disney hotel whatever you call the big white disney hotel that you get early access to the park and stuff if you stay there Uh, yeah i know yeah um so we went in before it opened for an hour and then this was my my dad, my stepmom, and my little stepsister. Um, and we were going to go take the pram back because my stepsister had a, had a little pram. And then apparently I just walked off when they were at the register to give or like giving back the pram. I just walked off and disappeared for four hours. I was on the missing persons list in France. 
Whoa. Yeah, they found me sitting um, at a closed restaurant in the rain, and I was blue. Wow. I woke up, and I remember waking up in Disneyland Hospital. It's like a white rooms, like photos of the Disney characters on the walls. And like, I don't remember that day at all. I remember waking up. I don't remember the morning at all. You don't remember those four hours? No, I don't remember those four hours. I don't remember going to Disneyland in the morning. I just remember waking up. Oh, my God. And it was freezing outside. It was, I think it was like, um, that is terrifying. It was like eight degrees Celsius, so it's probably in the four, in the forties here. Like it was cold, it was rainy. Did you understand what was happening? Um, Did when I when I woke up, lost? No, I don't. No, there they couldn't. So walking off is not even a concept either. You like I don't remember that either. I don't remember that. I don't remember that morning. So you, I remember waking so you, up in the hospital. So you wake up alone in the hospital. Um, my, uh. My dad was next. My dad was there. Oh, okay. So you walk away. They find you blue. You don't remember any of that. And then well, my parents. Well, my well, my, my like my like they're the security people at Disney found me. Got it. So Did my so my no my dad and like my like that family they were just waiting for me to be found. Like they couldn't find Did me you anywhere. Understand the the horror. Yeah, I have voice. I had voicemails from him. Because he thought I was angry at him or mad at him about something. Oh, wow. And he was like, come back, come back. But obviously I wasn't angry at him. I was just it's like, I just, I was, I blacked out. Wow. Yeah. That was, yeah, two, probably two months after I was diagnosed. And that, and the reason for it was because, I mean, I was still getting used to how much insulin to take. Like it was, I was eating new things every, if I had, it was probably the first time I had a, like a chocolate croissant, like a pan of chocolate. I'd never had it before. I didn't know how much insulin to take for it. Gave myself, sure. gave myself too much insulin. Had the food. It, it dealt with the food easily and was still like sending my blood sugars down continuously. And there was no end. Until my blood sugar level was like zero. It was like 0.0 or something. It was like there was nothing there. Wow. I remember wake, when I woke up, I couldn't feel like my lips or anything. Like that was a scary. I, like it was like dead. And they just force-fed me donuts. The most sugary thing they could have. There's donuts, donuts, donuts. Because that was fucking the best time of my life, bro. Oh, my God. I was being force-fed oh, donuts sure. at Disneyland. Yeah. Oh, God. I was like, I couldn't eat. I thought I could never eat these again. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was, that was, um, and, and, and I think that, too, also added to being an adult. Like, oh, I actually, it wasn't just, it was like, oh, it's a real consequence. It was a consequence I kind of just went through two months later. And it made me such an adult, and it kind of ruined my, like, I always had to, you know, if someone has no inhibitions and they do whatever they want, mm-hmm. I never felt that again. I don't really haven't felt that again since. Mm. So, it, even like, it's like a ball and chain almost. Yeah, even, let's say it's 4 p.m. and we're like, oh, we're going to go get some fucking dinner at 7. Like, I also have to think of like, okay, have I got the right insulin for us to then go to dinner? For that specific type of dinner. Yeah, what am I having? I'm having Italian food. I'm having Chinese food. Am I having like sushi? With sushi gives me no sh- like no sugars in sushi, so that's fine. I, are we having like even like the sauces on stuff? I have to think about, and that's very annoying. You get a meal like this meal looks so good, but they put this sauce on it, and this sauce has a fucking shit ton of sugar in it. Yeah, I was like, ugh. I haven't. I didn't know that. I didn't. I you know, it gets very. It gets very annoying very quickly. You know, I 100% understand, man. Yeah. But like that, so that, so throughout, going back to partying and stuff, 
my degree of partying was always reserved because I couldn't get to the point where I lost control. I can't lose control. Yeah. I think that was the difference between me and you is like you were holding on for your life and I was taunting life. I I think in a lot of ways I wanted to die. I was like, if I go... Did you want to die or did you want to feel being close to death? I don't think you wanted to die. I think you might have wanted to have a real consequence. I didn't understand the purpose in living. So Mm, I will say that it was kind of a... Right. It was a kind of a blend of both. I loved feeling on the edge of death, on the edge of life. It Mm -hmm. was... It felt... I I honestly felt alive in those moments because I I could feel for the first time in my life the gravity of what life actually... What the value of life is. Right, and you had to get to that point for you to feel that. Yeah, because I was dead. Oh, yeah. I was totally dead. Um, yeah. And then I remember, I actually think it was because of my girlfriend. She was kind of like, eh, you need to like quit drinking. Like, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> um, and then going into my senior year, I don't remember what I did that summer, but I remember going into my senior year. We still remain friends. So like, I, one thing about me is I've... I don't really have I, I have exes, but I don't consider them exes because I never made it official because I didn't want to pay for anything. It was a cheap ass bitch. Baller move, right? Yeah, um, that was the main reason I never would like with like the two girls. I was like, I never would make it official. I never really would call them. You weren't trying to you you weren't trying to go pay for those dinners. I pay for that? I didn't like pussy. You know what I'm saying? I was like, this thing for me. I don't want to invest in money in this shit. <laughs> this is a temporary thing. I need a girlfriend for like status in this. Status school. only. Right. Status only. Right, because she knows we didn't do anything sexually. I was like, yeah. had you been with any guy before then? Um, it would have been around that time, right? Um, there was a guy my senior year of high school, right? Um, that it was like love at first sight. I remember seeing him from across the room. I was like, who is that guy? And my yeah, from the times like, oh, he's this new. I think he's gay. The voice you're giving your girlfriend is one right. is amazing. <laughs> yeah. We didn't do anything, though, but that yeah. was like my, the first guy I was really interested in. That was my senior year of high school. Right. And then the second, the first guy that I had, the first guy that I was with, it would have been around the time I was with, I, I lost my virginity, and I was shit-faced. I was driving. I was at some party or something. I don't remember what I was at. And I'm driving pretty much blacked out. Yeah. And not Stop. smart kids. Don't do that shit. Don't do that. And I remember I was by LSU in Baton Rouge, like on one of those, I'm with a like college drive or something like that. And I'm drunk driving, have my phone out, opened on Facebook, and saw that this guy was online. Mind you, he, this is so freaking trashy. He, I, back in the day, Best Buy had this like $10 a month plan that like you could just get unlimited iPhones, whatever. Right. He was the guy that would always help me. Right. And I don't know how, I think we just connected on Facebook because I was like, I was always needing shit. And I noticed that he was online. It's like two in the morning, whatever. And I was like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Blah, blah, blah. Next thing I know, I'm at his house. We like the whole thing happens, and I wake up the next morning, and I, I freaked the fuck out. Yeah, I bet you did. Um, so I think those actually would have happened the same summer, right? And what a summer you had, Jesus! Yeah, I was kind of eventful. And yeah, his name was Josh. And Shout out to Josh. <laughs> and. <laughs> I rem- yeah, I remember waking up the next day in a panic because I was like, I mean, yeah, for oh, sure. God, I enjoyed that too much. And then God, my it, best yeah. friend, I told my, I think I only told like two people in my life, but one of them was my best friend, Jen. 
And I was like, I texted her, I was like, oh my God, I just took it with this guy. She literally flew to Louisiana and surprised me. I was like, let's talk. You do not need to go through this alone. Shout out to Jen for actually being one of them. Shout out. Real Jesus fun. Christ. How old was she? She was she was a couple years older than me. She was a manager at the movie theater. Where and where was she? What where she was we mandal- we randomly met at a uh New Year's Eve party. She where was she based? She based in she Louisiana was, or was she based California? In Cincinnati or something. Oh okay. And came down to Louisiana. Oh through, right. Like the movie theater chain. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We yeah, she was oh, loved her. And shout out to her. Yeah. We honestly became like instant best friends in like three months. We right. it was like a lifetime of three yeah. months. And we always yeah. had in contact. And then she actually flew down and was just like, How are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. I don't I don't know what to think about this. And so, yeah, that's how I was like 19, and that was like my first real sexual experience. After that, I was I was always a workaholic, so I never really like, tried to get in a relationship or sex. Right. Like that. I was like, whatever. Yeah. But it was like, and Louisiana's was my vibe. Yeah, well, my drift. well for was, sure. I mean, you were a California kid. I was like, these, me and these people don't really like understand each other. Yeah. So, mind you, during that time too, like I was just in a political mindset of like, I need to do whatever I need to do and say whatever I need to say for people to like me and to shut up. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. about to get out of here. And yeah. I left. I okay. went to California when I was 22 because I was like, I was, I was suicidal depressed. Literally suicidal depressed. For sure. And then when I went back to California, I was like, okay, I'm back home and I get to reset. I must have felt so good getting off that plane. Oh, my, my diet for like six months was just like Starbucks ice cream and bottle of wine. It was, I was just. I was drunk for like three months. That's honestly a great mood. It was the best. Yeah. It was honestly, it was therapy. I, I look yeah, back for sure. Like, that was the time that sure. I was able to just exhale for the first time in my life. Yeah, I bet. I bet. I had no friends. No one knew who I was. It was freedom. Honestly, that's actually, um, when I when I first came here, that that feeling of um, no one knowing you. Yeah, no one knowing you. And... That's because because where where I'm from, I think same with you. Everyone knows everyone's business. Like right. you could you could be seen somewhere, and then someone else will know you're somewhere. Like I can remember going back on a train and getting off a train station, and being back in my like my hometown for five minutes and getting three text messages from people that I didn't tell that I was back, mm. but someone had seen me. They and go, then hey, you're in town. Yeah. Mm. Whereas here, no one knew who I was. Oh, it's so and great. it was beautiful. I loved it. Probably should have met more people earlier on, mm-hmm. but like I was enjoying the fact that I feel like you need that time. Yeah, that anonymity around that time. Yeah, I mean, I did the whole travel America thing by myself, so it was like a new city. It was like I was getting that feeling over and over again in every city I would go to. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time I felt it was when I was living in Chicago for a summer. I remember standing in the middle of like the downtown mm-hmm. and looking up and feeling like I was as small as an ant. And you like and it? I was like, God, this is euphoric. Yeah. This is this is freedom. I feel like I don't matter for the first time. Yes. Which is weird. It was so weird. I was like, it's yeah. it's a, it's refreshing. I'm just one. I'm just one in a million. Yeah. No one gives a shit. You're just another face, another person. <sighs> so it was magic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember. Um, wait, wait. So you come to America, 2014, end of 2014, and September, October, October, October. But then you didn't. You start. You got in a relationship. Yeah, I got. I arrived. Okay, so I traveled for a month or six weeks around America and ended up in LA like the first week of November, first week of November 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and the only person I actually knew here was um, this woman called Emma Jane. She used to actually babysit me when I was Emma little. Emma Jane. Yeah. That's an iconic name. Yeah. Um, she used to babysit me when I was little. She was like eight years older than me, but we lived in the same community, so she would babysit me and stuff. And so I went out. It was maybe the fourth or fifth night I was here. Mm-hmm. I, again, most of my days were just by myself doing nothing. Like I would just go to Rodeo Drive for a day mm-hmm. and go to Sunset and go – I was actually staying at a hostel in Santa Monica and it was like 60 bucks a night and I was sharing a room with like four other people including one old man from Australia who was like near nearing death <laughs> <laughs> like yeah and he was on the top he was on, he was on like on the top bunk so like it was like that's a it was a very weird vibe to be in right um but my but Emma um was performing at Sayers Club it's like a Club bar and uh, yeah, I'm 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 giving that people that don't live here. Yo, this is a vibe. Sayers is a vibe. Um, and so she was performing one night, and so she's like, "Come along!" Like I hadn't seen her in six years, seven years. So I was like, "Yeah, okay." Oh, so I got to Sayers Club. Um, How old are you? Twenty one, like twenty two. Twenty. Twenty. How did you get into Sayers at twenty? Because she was performing. Oh, okay. So you're like, okay. Chilling. Um, nice. And. So you're in a good mood. I was in a great mood. I was sitting in front row. <laughs> I was in front row with free drinks. I was, it was living my best life. This is how I met my girlfriend at that point. Um, I was, we were leaving the, uh, the club after the bar, after it uh, had shut down. It was like 2 a.m. And Emma was like, I need to go to the restroom. So I was like, well, I was waiting outside the restroom. And then, um, she, like my, my to be girlfriend, her friend went to the restroom too. And she followed me on Instagram and she recognized me from Instagram. I only had like 8,000 followers back then. Like, mm-hmm. again, I don't know what that translates to now, but it wasn't that much. Nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she knew me from Instagram, came over and asked if I was Blake and swapped each other's numbers and that was a f- then we we hung out. We had like we had a fucking incredible first date. Best first date anyone will ever have. Oh well, are you gonna tell us? <sighs> I'm giving you a teaser because I'm about to deliver the fucking goods right now. <sighs> We're the best first date. Take a breath. Bow down, bitches. Okay. So first date is this. Like we're gonna go to no vacancy. Mm-hmm. Um, this is 2014. People still go to no vacancy, but back then it was oh, litter than it was now. Like. It was this new place. Mm. Um, got there, waited for her to arrive. As she was as she was about to arrive, I realized I'd left my ID at my um, the couch I was staying on on Hollywood, like Hollywood and Gardner, like in this really bad area. Um, but I left my ID, and she arrived just when I realized, and I had to tell her like I've completely forgotten my ID. Like we can't get into any bar at all. Fucking dumbass. Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> so she, uh, she was like, okay, well, we can figure something out. And then she, she, was, she, she asked me, have you ever had American snacks before? Mm. Um, I was like, no. Like, she was like, okay, there's a Walgreens nearby. We'll go like, get some fucking food. And I'll buy some alcohol or whatever, and we can sit on a bench or something. I was like, vibe. I mean, this this already seems like a better night. We're not in a loud-ass place, and we can, like, have a conversation. 
went to Walgreens, got all these snacks I'd never had before. Um, I don't remember their name, but they had awful packaging, and they were like sweet and sour stuff. And Fucking awful packaging. Yeah. Oh, um, God. Our branding's incredible over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we sat on a bench outside uh, this place called The Waffle, and we sat there for three hours mm. eating food and just talking about everything from family to like why I was here, where is she from. Um, we talked until 2.30 in the morning. Mm. Um, and we were completely sober. We didn't get any drinks. We just we were just talking. Um, and then it got to, we were just about three and it could have either been like, we're just going to go home, like our separate ways or whatever. And then I think one of, I can't remember who mentioned it. It was like, oh, sunrise is like in two and a half hours. Why don't we just go to Santa Monica? Mm. So we get in the car. We listen to 1975 loud as, Uh, loud as volume at 3am from the middle of Hollywood. And we get to second street. I'll just, which is next to the next to the water, almost in Santa Monica. We go into the parking lot, and we it's like three forty in the morning, and we we like okay, we'll just nap for an hour. Like we're both fucking dead. Let's nap for an hour. We both sleep, wake up at five, and walk down to the pier. Mm-hmm. And it's dark. The whole thing is dark. And then we spend that, and we spend an hour on a bench there talking as the fucking sun rises. Mm. And then we have like our first kiss on the pier. first kiss on the pier. The sun is there. I still have the photographs from that night that I took. Oh, like I mean, it was just like photographs of the no, pier. That's an iconic moment. You're like, yeah, I would celebrate those photos. Yeah, and it was so. Yeah, so we stayed up, saw the sunset. Um, so not sunset, sunrise, and then it was like suddenly middle of the day, like seven a.m., and people were waking up, and we just had this whole night of like talking and listening to music and doing this whole thing, and then having the sunrise. Very, very strong intro to a relationship. Uh Uh-huh. More of that later. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and here we are. 2019 in L.A. Yeah. It's very interesting. You know, I one of the things that's always fascinating to me is, like, you meet people, like, me meeting you. Right. Okay. Did you say how we met? Yeah, uh, your birthday one. Oh, the one out. Yeah. Um, and which we met, but like we didn't really like know each other. You were like a guy in a party circle. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And I think it took a couple times for me even like seeing you to like remember your name because I'm just terrible with names. So. Yeah. It had to be worth you remembering my name at some point. I feel like okay, like truthful ass horrible story. Here we go. There was I was. I was a long time ago, years ago, years ago. I was with my friend Jonathan Mitchell. I love shout out Jonathan Mitchell. Big shout out and Jonathan Mitchell. We were at this like Bible study thing or something like that, and we're all in the kitchen area, or whatever. And I'm like introducing myself to these people. I don't know who these people are. I only knew him. Right. And so this girl walks up, and I was like, "Oh, hi, I'm Jay." And she's like, "Are you kidding me?" And I was like, "What?" And she goes, "You you don't remember me?" And I was like, "I am so sorry, but like I." I don't recognize you. I, I, I don't know who you are. Literally said that. Mm-hmm. She was, I've met you 18 times. And I'm like, okay, you're just being an asshole at this point. Yeah. And names every single time I met her in front of everyone. And I'm like, God damn. Yeah, I'm a dick. Yeah. I'm yeah. An asshole. I'm sorry. 
Yeah. So I just I just own it now. But uh, that's why. You saw, my yeah. original point was I was just like, it's crazy to think about all of the the weird happenings in life that lead to someone like you and me meeting from opposite parts of the globe. Yeah. And yet we're those paths here. have those paths have to align at some point. Growing up on different sides of the globe. Yeah. We end up here in LA through mm-hmm. a random series of events. Crazy, wild, yes. unfortunate, amazing, incredible events. Yeah. And now these two opposites mm-hmm. have found common ground yeah. in LA. So really I think the point of this whole um this kind like this kind of this podcast and this vibe as a whole, at least from my end, and you can speak for yourself, is this kind of just it needs to feel like a late night conversation. Yes. Like yeah, we uh, well we're not drinking right now, but there's a little weed. Involved. The the usual setup, if you can picture this in your mind, is we're outside on a balcony. It's dark outside. We have a candle going, two mics, a bong, a some string lights, string lighting, pink lighting on the palm tree. Yeah, like we're just this is regular ass conversations that we have, Every pretty time. much all the time, and you're just mm-hmm. you're getting to have a little listen to them. So this episode is more just like an introduction. Yes. This is the vibe. This is who we are. You get the vibe. You get who we are. Our crazy weird selves. So, so these podcasts <laughs> <laughs> are delving into these conversations that we have, and we just each one's going to have a theme to a degree. Um, oh, we definitely got a theme. Yeah. How we dive into that is going to be scandalous. Yeah. But yeah, we got to ask the hard questions. Get the good answers. That's how it works. Indeed. Well, see y'all bitches next week. It's been a pleasure.